Hi, this is Eric Gales, and you're listening to Rock at Night. Hi, my name is Anita Stewart. I'm the managing editor for Rocket Night, and I'm chatting with Eric Gales, uh, who's truly a Renaissance man, one of the best guitarists in the world, has played with everyone and toured everywhere. Widely respected by his peers, Gales released his 19th and latest album, Crown, last January. The album is a 16-track collection of semi-autobiographical songs about his love, life, his wife, recovery, playing guitar, facing his demons, and his faith. Thanks for being here, Eric Gales. Thank you so much. We appreciate it so much. It's, it's, it's a real honor. Thank you. So let's start at the beginning. Um, what kind of music training did you have as you were growing up? And who was the one that pushed you to excel and to succeed when you were young? Uh, I came up in a house full of musicians. I mean, my brothers and, and music was just all over the place. Gospel and church was how we were brought up. And uh, it was it was the foundation that started everything. And, uh, you know, my family was who was there for, you know, positive reinforcement. My brothers and my mom and my dad. And uh, they were a very strong, powerful foundation for me. You and your brothers were called child prodigies when you were pretty young and you cut your first album when you were 16 years old. Um, did, did you understand that term when you were that young and, and the ramifications it had on like creating a music resume? Not entirely, uh, you know, but I learned really quickly. Uh, and uh, I was open for, you know, engaging in something that, as it turns out to be my career. And, uh, you know, I embraced it and, and uh, continually, uh, you know, just try to push forward with uh, everything in a positive way. And, uh, you know, uh, again, like I say, I had, a, I had a very powerful support team around me and, uh, you know, engaging on everything that was coming left and right was uh, something that I welcome. And uh, to the day, I still do. I often think that it takes a really good mother to be able to put up with the noise when she's got a lot of kids practicing with music. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Bless my mama's soul. Boy, she put up with a lot of music, man. And, uh, you know, she a good thing she loved music because, you know, my mom was a singer as well. So uh, it was, you know, wasn't too unbearable. Uh, the only thing that was unbearable was the constant repeating and repeating and repeating and stuff like that. But she knew it was for a greater good. Did you explore any other um, any other instruments besides guitar when you were young? Yes, I actually started out on drums and then went to bass guitar and then guitar came at four and then ventured off into sax and keys a little bit. And so I, I, I'm I'm a fan of, of many instruments. 
when you were playing um when you were playing drums you thought drums was it so what was the progression did you just pick up another instrument and just say okay i want to learn how to play this or basically that's exactly what happened uh i picked up the guitar one day and i said man i think i can play that thing before ever touching it and uh immediately played something and it blew my mind and i was like wow i kind of like this thing so i'm gonna see where it goes now, one of the things that's interesting about how you play is that you're right-handed, mm -hmm. but your guitar is on the left mm -hmm. when you play. So tell us about how that happened, because basically you flipped it around. I mean, when I, the way I picked it up was left-handed, but I write right-handed, and I had no conscious awareness of what was the right or wrong way to play it was just what was comfortable to me and that's what happened and 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 that's what i've been doing ever since there's a couple of other guitarists do that that do that and and one i can think of in particular is uh robert wakeling from the english beat where he mm. just took it and flipped it around mm -hmm. and um, and it works for him. He can't play it any other way. So, yeah, me uh, so does uh, Doyle Bremhall. He's the same. And Albert King. And, you know, there, there's some of us out there, Dick Dale and, you know, uh, apologize about the fire trucks. But, um, yeah, man, you know, it's just, uh, I, yeah, I picked it up that way. And, and uh, it, it, it was it for me. So let me ask you as you went this is kind of a tough one as you went further into your career you ended up facing some demons i did and we won't reflect on that too much you went through some hell and back and you did some mm -hmm. time and paid your debt to society quote unquote mm -hmm. um, but what was the catalyst in your life that brought you back where you actually said no more of this i can't live this life like this anymore uh, man, just got tired of it, man, you know, and then eventually 2012, I met, I met my wife now, and, uh, she has always been since day one, a very positive, positive, powerful reinforcement of, uh, you know, um, helping me realize that there's this thing called life out here and I wasn't living it. And, uh, and, uh, you know, just something, you know, is, is, is uh, uh has a has a stranglehold on me and after a while you know 2016 i said let me try something different man i mean what do i got to lose i've been doing this the other way and uh, been getting the same results so let me try something different and and um you know fortunately I, I, I my wife stuck with me man and she didn't she stayed by my side and uh you know i'm over six years clean now so i'm i'm, I'm very uh you know very uh elated that uh just the decision to say you know you know what i give up man you know after 25 30 years of living in a dark hole man and don't know how i wind up still alive and, you know it just you know just a lot of terrible things that happened you know throughout my life that i should have been dead a long time ago but you know i didn't know that that wasn't the end of my story you know i'm i had more to do and more things to add to the book and uh, you know I'm in a good place now. Now um, being sober and touring with all kinds of different musicians who may look at um, you know 
substance abuse or addictions or anything like that totally differently than you. How does that become challenging on the road? Do you have to do anything special to keep yourself apart from all that or just? No, it really doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me. I'm I'm kind of fortunate in that. I mean, I just know that I'm on a trajectory that I'm not really willing to jump off of, you know what I mean? And uh, having seen, having seen all of that, you know, it's just, you know, I have my days, but it's not really appealing to me, you know, anymore. Right. You know, I mean, at one time it was the, the top of my agenda, but now I got other things and other aspirations in life that, you know, that's just going to get in the way. So I'm onwards and up. That's called strength. That's yeah. like having that real strength and fortitude to yeah. be able to do that. Um, so. One of your best friends is Joe Bonamassa, and he's got the record label, Keep the Blues Alive. Mm -hmm. He's doing a lot of producing. He produced, I believe, your last album, Crown. Mm -hmm. And uh, he did it, what, for two Diet Cokes? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was a a story. And uh, I held up to my deal, and he held up to his. And uh, it, uh, I mean, we've been enjoying this ride, and uh, you know, Joe and I, you know, speak uh, periodically still. And, uh, you know, we're both uh, quite busy out here in this industry. And uh, he's still one of my best friends. And, uh, yeah, we're enjoying this ride. One of the talents that he has is being able to put specific musicians with other musicians. And he really has created what I call his own wall of sound, as mm-hmm. it were. And um, he's ju- he just pairs them so well, and they sound so great on vinyl. I mean, whether he's doing your album or anybody else's album, I-, I find that he has a real sensibility about being able to put people together. Yeah, did, he does. What, what part in the producing did you take, did you actually do with him? Did you select any of those musicians? Oh, uh, yeah, all of this. To- all- all of this was done with the uh, with my approval. You know, uh, nothing was forced or uh, insistent. You know, he presented suggestions, and uh, you know, I was very open. So, uh, you know, trying something different, and uh, it worked out well. And uh, I don't regret any of, of the decisions that were made uh, in regards to this record and and, and doing it. And uh, I, I'd gladly do it again. Great. Now you have quite a love story going on with LaDonna and -hmm. you met her in a very unusual way. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about how that happened? Well, I was just playing the show in in, in her town and she was in the audience and I stopped the show and I said, what's your name? And, uh, you know, long story short, uh, she was with her best friend and I didn't know if that was her boyfriend or husband or not. And I just took a chance and and uh, two months later, we got married. Wow, that quick. Now, that quick. when in the meeting of her, did you find out that she was also a musician herself? Uh, through through the conversation. Uh, through the conversation. Uh, it was, uh, you know, we began to uh, reveal stuff about uh, ourselves to each other. And she, I mean, of course, knew what I did by being there at the show. And, you know, we found out that, you know, gospel was our, uh our, our our backgrounds and you know we we uh we 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 uh familiarized with that and uh you know just a lot of things we had in common and uh she was the you know choir director at church and i 
came up in the church and, you know, we just began to uh, find things we had in common. Wow. Yeah. It, I think that's romantic uh, to actually stop a show and ask her what her name was. That's like beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, we at Rocket Night saw um, you for the first time at the Allman Revival Show in Sarasota uh -huh. at the Van Wazel Hall back in yeah. December. So that was right before Crown was released. The album was released the following month. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that tour? Did it get crazy? It just looked like there was a lot of fun people on the tour. Yeah, and, it was um, fun. We had a wonderful time. Devin's a good friend of mine and everybody involved in that tour. Uh, we all had an awesome time. Uh, we all, you know, it was one common goal just to make good, you know, play good shows and have a good time. And, and we did, you know, it's, it turned out, you know, we, we, we all came together as a family and we still are. And, uh, uh, I will probably be on the one that's coming up, but I got dates of my own that I'm not a uh, schedules conflict. So uh, uh, prayers and, 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 and thumbs up to them having a wonderful another revival. And, uh, you know, maybe next year we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, that was that was wonderful, man. Just, you know, going from city to city, doing it all over again, having fun. Now, where is home to you? Is Memphis still home? Or do you have a few other places where you chill out and you just be? And where do you tend to write music? I live in Greensboro, North Carolina now. I live in my wife's town. I've been here over 10 years now. So, you know, a lot of uh, home, this is home base, you know. And uh, I, you know, when the urge to write may happen or hit me anywhere. So, you know, that can be in many of any places, but, you know, I have uh, my own studio here and, you know, do a lot of, you know, work and uh, session work with other artists and stuff like that from, from my spot here. But uh, yeah, I, I live in North Carolina now. How does that creative process work for you? Is it, does it happen? Um, does it happen? Do you have to be inspired by something? Hear a line? Hear a melodic line? Do you write it down? All of that. I mean, uh, you know, I keep my phone handy to capture an idea that comes to my a riff or something like that. Inspiration is very, very uh, 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 pivotal. I mean, it's very important in it. You know, inspiration breeds inspiration. So that is... Uh, a hefty part if I hear something on TV that reminds me of something or gives me an idea, just all depends, just different avenues that it come from. And do you still get involved with music at church? Yeah, when I'm at home and not on tour, uh, I was just, I just played at church two days ago. Um, so yeah, the church that I attend is called Powerhouse Garden Cathedral and uh, I'm a part of the, uh, the band that plays at church and uh yeah so you know they're very supportive and you know we have their i have their blessing and everything and you know when i'm at home on sundays that's where i am now i look at your discography and you've got the 19 albums what's what's coming next are you in the process of recording a new one uh, I'm in the process of writing right now, but uh, it's a lot of uh, extensive touring that's about to start happening, you know, on upwards and into 2023. Uh, so, you know, at this point, I mean, that still doesn't stop me, you know, writing and, you know, gathering information and, 
you know, tunes and ideas and stuff like that. And then uh, some point next year, we'll probably, you know, start working on a new record. And you have also been on countless albums as a, a guest session player. Um, what were some of the memories of some of the best ones that you've worked on or the best people to work with or where you had the most fun? Uh, that's hard to say, man. All of them have been fun. I mean, anytime I'm able to engage with other artists and collaborating or being a part of what they're doing is 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 an opportunity that I don't take very lightly. So I'm very elated to have been a part of everything that I have done. Um, in 20 years, you may think about retiring. Um, maybe. <laughs> Musicians usually never retire. Um, right. Will you be? Will you be rocking, or will you be in the rocking chair? <laughs> I'll be rocking. I'll be rocking while in the rocking chair. <laughs> and what's the next chapter for you in your personal life? Like, are you going to travel? What are some of the things that you like to do when you're not working? Basically, what I'm doing now. Chilling at my house, doing nothing, watching TV shows, chilling with my my cat and you know pets and you know just enjoying life, man. Some things that I didn't allow myself to do for thirty years, you know. So I uh, just simple things, you know. You know, occasional movie, riding around. Me and my wife got two old school cars that we like to trail each other in and ride around and do that. You know, occasionally we like to go to the casino a little bit here and there. But other than that, that's about it. So what are some of your favorite guitars? Let's talk a little bit about your equipment. And how do you do your whole rig setup maybe differently from somebody else? Is there something that makes it uniquely yours? I mean, nothing really. I mean, I got my own signature model, Magneto guitar. Uh, I got my own signature amps, DB Market amps uh you know and just a couple of pedals that i use and, you know i mean it's i guess it's all dependent on who the player is i mean i got a couple of different things that i use nothing that's nobody wouldn't know about i mean mm -hmm. it's, it's what i do and uh you know do you I, have any antique guitars I got a 1962 Strat that I have that I, I keep here at the house. Uh, I used to play it out a lot, but I keep it kind of put up. Uh, and that's about it. Now, you'll be coming down here to Florida in December. So we hope to catch you on. I think you're playing at one of the Ruth Eckerd um, places. Yeah. They have several different places on December 8th. So we're hoping to catch you there or maybe do a live interview or a show review, one of the one or the other. So um, we'll probably be in touch with you before then. <laughs> um, and um, did you have anything that you wanted to add to our listeners um, about, I would just say, words of wisdom to musicians who are just starting out that may be facing their own demons. Um, how can they keep going? How can they stop what they're doing that doesn't work for their benefit? Uh, best I can say is, man, just never give up. Man. Giving up is never an option. Uh, you know, try to stay inspired, always trying to find something that inspires you and uh, just keep going forward, man. 
you know, staying still and going in reverse will never get you where you're going. So that's what I got to say about that. And then as far as the show, I hope that everybody that's possible can come out to the show. It's going to be a wonderful show. I plan on spreading all kind of inspiration and, uh, uh, you know, a really good time. And I uh, hope a lot of people's there. To, let's have some fun. All right. I think that's it. Um, if you um, we'll see you, we'll see you in December. Thank you so much. I appreciate and thank it. you. Yeah. Thank you so much for um, being a part of Rocket Night. No problem. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Rock at Night. The introductory song, Get On Down, is from blues artist Billy, Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at ReverbNation.com.